0: Is the Todd and Friends podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? Oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank right. you. Yeah, I'm with yes, you. Todd, right. I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio, with thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender, here's Todd Burgess. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today. Uh, joining us via the telephone, uh, Sean Bolson, as uh, you know, he's out uh, conducting business and so forth. Glad you had a little time for us here, Sean, that we could uh, fit you in. And so forth. Uh, Boy, beautiful day yesterday. Uh, Let's see, it was a Tuesday, right? Were you out playing a little golf, perhaps?
1: Unfortunately, uh, sometimes uh, work calls. So I've been uh, in uh, St. Paul for a couple days. Ah, all right. Actually, driving home right now. uh, Did a little boat cruise on the St. Croix River last night. Cool. Uh, Yeah, it was okay. Thinking about my buddy's golf and what I was missing. So uh, we have the big. Hawk Creek tournament that Ash has got going and so I haven't been able to play it all this week so uh yeah I hope I'm not too rusty
0: so that's uh this weekend on Saturday right the tourney
1: Saturday yeah
0: and you're uh, signed up ready to go
1: signed up ready to go uh he told me I think my group is Andy Jacobson Matt Gorins and then one of the pros okay uh, they let pros play yeah. and whether, regardless of what they shoot the first nine, they have to play in the championship gut. So, uh, he said he's a good player. Uh, they have 58 people. I think it's going to be, uh, you know, a wide open shotgun and, and, uh, it's going to be packed and I look forward to it. It should be a really fun format.
0: Did you play in that last year?
1: I did not because ah. I've always had something that has, has come up. So, um... This is going to be my first year that I play in
0: it. Yeah, that's right. Well, it is only year two, so, you know, it's your, you're getting in at a good time. Well,
1: I think it's year three, isn't
0: oh, it? That's right. You're right. You're right. Yep, year three. So, yeah, Well, great. Missed uh, the first two. Yeah, and unfortunately, I have something going on this weekend, so I can't play either, but I'm looking forward to the Oakdale Invitational the following week, and I saw you did have your name signed up on that one.
1: Yes, that one, uh, like we've talked many times, Todd, one of my all-time favorites, and, and yours and everybody else's who plays.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: you have, you have what's that? And then the Lakeland uh, is, is right after it. I'm pretty confident that our buddy Greg Snow will get that Lakeland up to uh, make it the big three. And then you have these little tournaments that are really fun around it, too. So. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, right. Oakdale's one that you look forward
0: to. Yeah, that's right. It's one of the majors, if you will, in our area here, and and uh, you know uh, that. Uh, uh, so looking forward to that. We'll talk more about that uh, next week. Uh, this last week, it was kind of uh, you know Lee Hodges. I didn't know who he was, uh, and uh, but I knew by the end of the weekend because he was on the leaderboard the entire weekend. Seems strange that a guy that had never won would lead wire to wire. It's the first time it's happened at the 3M Open. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it or not. It's unfortunately not an elevated event, so the the field wasn't huge. But maybe the bigger story coming out of that, uh, Sean, is that Justin Thomas continues to struggle the way he is. We're used to seeing JT. He he should have walked away. Usually he doesn't even play in this event because he has plenty of Ryder Cup or, or FedEx Cup points. He doesn't have to play. That's kind of a big story. JT is struggling.
1: He is struggling. I saw a tweet and it said, uh, JT's handicap is now two. <laughs> and if you think about it, he won the PGA last year when Mito Pereira kind of collapsed. Yep. He's barely one year off of winning a major. And now he's, uh, he's struggling. It just shows you how fickle golf can be. Uh, believe it or not, there's, uh, about six inches between your ears that probably have as much to do with the outcome of your golf tournament mm-hmm. as your physical swing. So, um, He seems like one of the good guys. You know, he's a third-generation PGA guy. His Mm -hmm. grandpa was a a PGA pro, his dad was, and uh, comes from a golf family and just has found success and success, and all of a sudden, like all the rest of us, something can just go a little off, and and your golf game struggles.
0: Yeah. His dad is his only coach he's ever had, so really a neat story. And when you watch him swing the golf club, it looks perfect. I mean, if you were going to uh, put on video for someone and say, hey, show me the perfect golf swing, he would be among the contenders. Maybe it would be Rory, number one, but JT would be close in behind that, uh, and, and he's won so much. It, it is the six between the ears. It was, one, it was like Gary Player, somebody who said that first years ago, uh, the most important uh, part of your body is the six inches between the ears, and, and uh, so true, and he's finding that right now. His buddy Jordan Spieth is not that far off really struggling in his career too.
1: Right, and, and again, speech we saw when, I don't know, three, four majors like in a row, were yeah. like, boom, this guy might win every major for the next 10 years. All of a sudden, he falls off a bit. Now you see a, uh, you know, a Scheffler who just dominates, and, and but now they're talking how bad his putting's been. Well, his ball striking's been so good, his putting hasn't met I mean, these guys have, there's so many good golfers out there. The fine line between what gets you to that super elite level and what puts you in that level of struggling it's closer now than it's ever been. Yeah. And uh, to to see these guys struggle and you know to have some of the Netflix stuff like The Full Swing where you get to see the behind the scenes and mm-hmm. and you get to kind of see the the person not just the golfer we see on Sundays. You know, it's easy to cheer for these guys. They all seem like pretty good guys and and they've their craft, they've worked on their entire life and they find success and and they go through struggles, but that's not unlike you and I. I mean, yeah. we're not professional golfers but it's just that kind of a game where you can feel like you got it figured out and then you can go play the back nine and feel like you've never golfed before.
0: Boy, that's for sure. I just had a round like that up at Blueberry Pines last week where I went thirty four forty five. so I know exactly what you're talking about uh, in that regard. You know, and, and the reason we like to uh, love to watch golf and love to play the game as well is because you see the best in the world at sometimes just be totally at their worst and be completely vulnerable and just... I mean, just blow up. I mean, Jordan Spieth, when he blew the Masters years ago, you see the best players in the world look like an, a rank amateur. I don't know that you see that in any other game where even a guy who's at the peak of his game, like when Spieth was winning the majors, that was when he, uh, you know, coughed up that one Masters, and then he won it the following year. But he was he was the top player in the world, and he dumps one in the water, and then he chunks another one. He was the best in the world at the time, and he looked like one of us, so we can relate to it so much.
1: Yeah, and, you know, if you look at football, you know, you look at like a Randy Moss who was on top of his game. Mm-hmm. Randy Moss might have one or two drops in a game, but he still is going to run the same speed. He's still going to catch the ball most of the time. There's sports. Steph Curry you know, has a couple off nights shooting three-pointers. Well, he still can run and jump and pass and still be successful. In golf, when you start struggling with stuff, you feel like everything is just failing. Yeah. And it is different because you get to a level, Steph Curry, whether he goes through a week-long shooting drought or not, he's still going to be an all-star and lead his team to a, you know, a chance at the championship. Mm-hmm. If, if Justin Thomas struggles for a couple of weeks, all of a sudden he finds himself outside of the FedEx Cup race looking in. So yeah. it is a sport unique to, to others because, you know, you can have struggles in other sports, but it doesn't, you don't go from being the top of the top to completely not being able to do anything, which is what it's got to feel like for these guys that are struggling in golf.
0: Right, and it's all relative to their game that would they have played previously. So I mean Justin Thomas seventy ninth in the FedEx Cup standings with one event left. So what did I hear? He has to finish uh twelve alone or better, and then he has to have certain guys not play, like Shane Lowry might not play and uh, things like that anyway I can't quite remember the formula but uh, he you know he's on the outside looking in I, he's struggling for him I mean there's a lot of guys who would love to be struggling the way he is right now that are on the PGA Tour and they're not but for Thomas it's got to be foreign to him that he's at 79th in the FedEx Cup standings uh, at this point and and for him it's been a little bit of everything too it's been the irons once in a while and then he hasn't putted particularly well so sometimes it's you're just a little off in every aspect of your game and then you wind up struggling and sometimes you're just terrible at one thing and can do everything else
1: i know. I, I i I definitely know I definitely know what that feels like, and it's not yeah. fun, and I can't imagine if you you get
0: your livelihood from that right and and the t v camera's on you, and the crowds are all watching you, and you know that that makes a difference so have you ever had a chance to play uh in front of a gallery that that uh where people were watching you and and others play you've probably been in you know final groupings or something in a tournament, haven't you yep
1: i have so uh, it, it puts a little added pressure i mean nothing like they have, but yeah, yeah I mean all of a sudden you got people watching. And, not just you're out playing with your buddies. So it, it does bring a different element into the whole the picture.
0: Yeah, it does because... I think it's the fear of embarrassing yourself more than hey I want to make this great shot and show off for everybody. At least it is for me. You know, for some they probably do better in those situations. than they are more. Let's hit this great shot and everybody will you know crowd you know roar or whatever. Or they're not even thinking about that generally. But for me, it's really uh, you know like I played in the final group at Oakdale last year. I just didn't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> I didn't want to. Yeah. I didn't want to hit one straight right a hazel rocket and and a conk one on somebody's head. Who's you know as they're driving their golf carts around and watching. Unfortunately, I was able to pull that off and played fairly decently. But for me, that was more than anything. Uh, you know, maybe for you, you were trying to hit big shots, I'm sure. I was just trying to survive.
1: Well, I got in the final group. I think it was of a stroke play, and it was Danny, Andy, me, and, like, I think, Doran's. Mm-hmm. And I remember we came to hole 15, and all the carts were lined up behind the green. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> like if I if if I catch this one thin, I'm gonna kill somebody. You know, right, right. and I mean Andy and Danny are standing up and they're they're throwing darts and gorns like they normally do. Yeah, and I'm sitting here thinking, okay, well I should be okay with this. You know, I I'm fine. But like if I was uh, um, one of the people in those carts and and you knew my game super good, like you're not completely safe here. So like keep your heads <laughs> up here. <laughs> that's
0: right uh, you know I felt the same way like warning people ahead of time hey I'm not quite sure where this is going to go so you might want to be <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a
1: great That's a great swing thought right I, I know, I'm right? not quite positive where this is at <laughs>
0: <laughs> but unfortunately that's, that's where I live man most of the time especially this year this has been kind of a tough year for me it kind of has for you as well because of some you know wrist issues that you have had to play through for me it's just not playing as much this year I just have a busier life than I have the last few but but, uh, you know, kind of a struggle year for me this year. How's it been for you, at least scoring wise?
1: Yeah, you know, I made the championship flight at Sleepy Eye, um, yeah. which, you know, was okay. I made it toward, you know, I think I shot 38 or something, and I made it like right it has. It's been okay. It hasn't been, you know, phenomenal. I struggled in that program because mm. I've been dealing with that wrist deal. Mm. I do look forward to trying to have a good showing this weekend at Hot Creek with, you know, the number one goal is to beat Ash at his home court. Sure. Uh, I think that. But he's been playing pretty well, you know, the lefty he, he's lost some distance and he's hitting this little cut but he actually knows where it's going now. So and it's <laughs> his home track and so that's always worth a little bit. But yeah. You know, my goal going in would be to have a good showing and try to try to beat Jeff. You know, that's probably my goal of the whole tournament.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, good luck to you. Good luck to him too. I, you know, I hope you will just play well. Oh, and for sure. Whoever comes fun out if on we top. The
1: last together.
0: Yes, yes, it would. It, we'll have to have you guys on the podcast together. That would be fun to kind of get. To, so you're not paired together at least initially, but I guess you could be after that, couldn't you?
1: Yeah, for sure. You play nine holes, and then there's that Calcutta. So. And they, uh, Jeff and, and, uh, Hauser and the guys over there have done a really, really good job of getting sponsorship money. So they have some very nice payouts and, and, uh, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be worth, uh, playing well. You're going to come out uh, feeling financially benefited from it. So yeah, I'm super excited.
0: Yeah. Hey, hey, I want to ask you about the Ryder Cup. I think there's just the yeah. one event left, or something like that. And the U.S. Ryder Cup team—it's you know kind of hard to figure who's going to actually get on or not. Are they going to consider live players unless they're automatic qualifiers like Brooks Kepka Is he's fourth in points, and so he's automatically on. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. So I'll just give you the so the top six are in. Here's the next six in points: uh, Max Homa, Cam Young, Spieth, Keegan Bradley. Morikawa, Ricky Fowler, all right? So when I say those six names, are there any of those six that you would say I probably wouldn't have them on my Ryder Cup team?
1: No, uh, I'm okay with them. Uh, I'd I, I like to see Dustin on. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, Brooks and Dustin have kind of been my two guys. Dustin has had glimpses of playing well, mm-hmm. and he's had glimpses of not playing well. I think that Thomas gets on, period, right?
0: Justin Thomas? I mean, I, yeah,
1: I mean, I, I
0: do you see I don't know. the United States? The
1: United States, he's the poster boy of what the PGA Tour loves. Yeah. And he's going through struggles, but I still, I, it's hard for me to think they're going to leave him off.
0: Okay. So I'll give you those two. Uh, I, I, I don't have a big argument against either. DJ and JT are on. So who's coming off? You've got to have two guys off then.
1: Cam Young, maybe. Okay. I mean, you're not going to take Ricky off. Ricky's playing at a really high level. Yep. Um, so you Cam know, I Young. Know, I don't think JT should make it.
0: Oh, you don't. I okay.
1: don't I put DJ on, but my point is I don't think the PGA is gonna take I, I think JT's, like I said, kind of their poster boy. I can't see them leaving him off.
0: Wow. All right, so let's put it this way. Who do you think they'll pick rather than who would you take? Who do you think they'll take? Who do you think does wind up uh, on the team if you could if you could get inside the mind of the of uh, you know, Zach Johnson who's the captain and others who are making that decision. Are well,
1: you- how many how many at large picks do they have?
0: Six. The six guys so the, I, I the, told the you. Six are they? they're
1: locked
0: in. Yeah. yeah. Six are locked. I think
1: Ricky's yeah. in. Max Homa. I mean he's played good enough. He's not my favorite guy. I put him in. Um, you know, I have I put in DJ Speeth um Spieth's in and then uh, who
0: are the Keegan, other two? Keegan Bradley, Cam Young, Yep. Ma- Morikawa.
1: Morikawa. You gotta put Morikawa.
0: In. Morikawa's in. So you so you would okay. have so you would have are you saying Morikawa is in? Do you think? Yeah, I... yeah, I think so too. Uh, so I, I'm not sure if uh, if DJ gets in, Sean. I, I, you know, he he's like 37th in Ryder Cup points, but that's because he's on Live. Uh, they're going to take right. Kepka. I'm not sure if I don't think they're going to take DJ. I think it's a mistake if they don't. He just went five and zero in the last Ryder Cup, but I don't think they're going to take him.
1: Yeah, you're probably right, but I think he should be on the team. Personally. I do, too. I would take him for sure.
0: I do, too. Yep, I agree. And I think I would take him over, you know, Homa, uh, Cam Young. Young has shown that he can get close, but he hasn't figured out how to win yet. I kind of like winners on that team. I could, you know, Keegan Bradley has made his way on, but I don't know. Is he a guy who you trust, uh, you know, in clutch putts when the, the Romans are, are booing him? Uh, you know, over there in, in Rome, Italy. I'm, I'm not so sure I'd have Keegan on there.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree with you either. I really think Dustin is a pick that you have to have on because he's a proven winner.
0: Yep, I agree. And uh, I, I don't know. I don't think they'll have – well, boy, I don't know. I think JT, it's hard to figure. So, so who we think they should be on and who might actually be on, I, I have no idea. But, uh, you know, I'm with you. I think DJ is on, but I don't think they'll take him. I, think, I don't think Justin Thomas should be on but I think they will have him on the team.
1: Yep, I completely agree. He has done any, doesn't, hasn't done anything in the last bit to earn it, but I think he will be on for sure.
0: Yeah, and a couple of the younger guys yet will have uh, plenty of time to get on there. And Fowler's got to be on the team. You're right. He's, he's 12th in points anyway, uh, so uh, I think he would take it. Now, the last Ryder Cup team they selected, they took 11 of the top 12, and the one that they didn't take from inside the top 12, they left Patrick Reed off. He was at number 11 in Ryder Cup points, and they put Scotty Scheffler in, and he was 14th. That was the only trade that that they made in there. So they pretty much stuck to those Ryder Cup points rankings. So some of the things that we've suggested are taking one guy who's 37th and another who's 17th. So maybe they'll stick more to the numbers. Uh, At least that gives them a little cover. They say, look, we have Ryder Cup points for a reason, and these were the top guys. They might use that as cover if they leave, Dustin Johnson off the team.
1: Yeah. Um, I like guys that are playing well. Yeah. Um, I like guys that are proven in Ryder Cup. Patrick Reed was as good as it got in Ryder Cup, too, and they left him off. I think that was more because of his personality.
0: But, yep, yep.
1: Um, it'll be interesting to see the list come out.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. Twins make no trades yesterday. Of course, I'm big on the trade deadline. I was watching TV and. And taking notes, everything. I was kind of bored. Not that much went on. But uh, it's interesting that they don't make any deals in Cleveland, traded off guys. <laughs> and they're both fighting for first place. You know, what's a terrible division?
1: It is a terrible division. You look at teams like Houston, who had a guy throw a no hitter last night, and then they went out and got Verlander. Guys like the Rangers, who went out and got Scherzer. Uh, yeah, we're just not one of those teams that's going to make those moves. But uh, we, we, we really did nothing. And I uh, can't say I'm surprised.
0: I guess I wasn't either. You know, we talked about it on the morning show yesterday, and and I said, I don't really see the Twins doing anything. If anything, they might uh, bring in an extra arm for the bullpen because you can always use one of those. And they didn't even do that. Now, it's possible because there was more buyers than there were sellers this year because of the expanded playoffs. And it seems like more teams have a chance to make the postseason, so they didn't really want to sell their guys. From what I understand, it was kind of a tight pitching market to this year and maybe that had something to do with it but I would have liked to have seen something you know a bat a right-handed bat that can actually hit left-handed pitching would have been nice
1: yeah anything to give us like hey you know what we're in first place we're gonna try to make a little more of a push but yeah uh, not surprising no moves
0: yeah we're trying Uh, uh, Sean thanks so much we'll talk again Sean Bolson joining us here on the Todd and friends podcast it's brought to you by Heritage Bank member FDIC an equal housing lender